Merry Christmas, everybody. Amen. We can say that now as we are nearing the holiday, uh, which is really my favorite time of the year. I don't know about you. Yeah. I know I'm not alone in that, but um, I love listening to Christmas music on the radio. I love uh, seeing the Christmas lights up. I love the excitement in the hearts of our children as they look forward to Christmas Day and all that that entails and the the goodies that we get to eat. It's just such a fun, festive time of the year. And of course, most of all, celebrating the birth of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is the reason for the season. So Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you and Merry Christmas to our listeners. So we wanted to start, therefore, a two-part series um, that will be this week and next week called Christmas Warfare. And uh, warfare may not be the first thing that you think about when you think of Christmas, but um, what I was impressed as I drove over here today to record this, as I asked the Lord, Lord, what do you want us to talk about today? Um, I just felt impressed that this is a time of year when the enemy steps up, our enemy being Satan, who's the enemy of our souls. He goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And this time of year, I think he might be stepping up the warfare um, because, you know, I think this time of year, there's just a lot of seeking um, love. There's romance in the air. You know, we've got the, the Hallmark movies. Every one of them is a love story around Christmas and just the romance of that, which which is all, you know, for the most part, as long as it's within the context of morality and in marriage, that's great um, to to enjoy the idea of love at Christmas time. But I think lots of times, a lot of us that are struggling, maybe in that area, maybe struggling in marriage, or maybe even if you're single and you you're longing for that one that God has for you, that the enemy steps up his attacks to make us want to look for love in the wrong places. Um, I think for men, there may be more of um, an attack in the area of lust this time of year. Um, And so we wanted to just talk about the intentionality that we need to have as believers in Jesus Christ in taking up our authority this time of year, maybe going on the offensive in our prayer life to resist the devil and take authority in our homes to rebuke the enemy. Um, You know, there's really a lot of focus on, you know, what we want for Christmas, you know, our, and the gifts we're going to get. Right. And, and so it's almost like there's a, there's a extra focus on seeking pleasure maybe this time of year. And uh, that can, that can lead to the wrong things, even though it can be such a good thing. What comes to my mind when you came in and we were discussing this before we started is that Satan works, I think, best in subtle, what I call subtle but powerful strategies. And so you would think at this time of the year, since you have joyous commercials and decorations and everybody's talking about giving and love and and hopefully as a Christian you're talking about the birth of Christ, the greatest thing that ever happened besides his, his death and resurrection— that you get blinded by what I would call a subtle strategy of the enemy. And that's how he loves to work. And that's why I like what you said, 
that we have to be on the offense. We have to understand every day when we get up and we start our day that he is battling against us. We're in a warfare, okay? Um, But we already won at Calvary if we continue to take the weapons of our warfare, if we continue to be wise and alert and discerning through the word and through prayer and asking him what they are. So I think a lot of people... Uh, because this is what I do in therapy and psychology, and I deal with a lot of people that have depression and anxiety, do not expect to be depressed or anxious because they think, hey, wonderful time of the year, I should be happy. But why, what, you know, kind of like on my book, I'm saved, spirit fields, what's wrong with me? It's like your expectation for happiness and joy is not being met. Correct. And when that happens, I think a couple things happen. First of all, we've already said it. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, do not be ignorant of Satan's strategy. So that's what we're trying to talk about today and, and reveal some of his more hidden ways he goes about trying to cause depression, anxiety, and that type of thing. But then the second thing you mentioned, which I really like, uh, is in 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 12, which says, he who compares himself with themselves or among themselves is unwise. So when you look around you, and like you said, a Hallmark movie or the idealized, romanticized uh, theme of Christmas and love, sometimes we can compare ourselves, compare our marriages. I mean, marriage is always a work of love. It's a lifetime work, laying down your life for each other. Sometimes you're in never periods of divorce, I hope. I'm just going to put that out there. We try not to put the D word ever in our marriage, maybe disillusionment. That begins with D, if that'll help you. But, but never divorce, because we're in a covenant. A covenant says that you're together forever, and this isn't a show about that. We can talk about abuse and all that kind of stuff, and it's in a statement about people that are divorced. But I'm just saying that relationship is always an ongoing work of progress and pressing into each other and pressing into the Lord. And if you compare where you are with the Lord or with a relationship or what you're feeling with what looks like other people are feeling and you accept and receive a subtle but powerful lie, everybody's happy but me. Right. Or I'm not making as much progress in my Christian walk or in life as everybody else. Well, how do you know that? Uh, Your only standard is Christ. Are you more like him today than yesterday and not as much as tomorrow? Are you receiving the grace of his righteousness that's not a work? And you're pursuing righteousness by keeping a perfect heart. And um, that's it. And then if you're not feeling emotionally good, you pursue the Lord. And you spend time with the Lord or your loved ones or you ask him, is there something in my inward being that you're after? Is there something that you're perfecting? Something like that. Are you refining me, sanctifying me? Of course he is. Lifetime process, right? right? That's robbing my joy. Well, I think the other thing and the reason why the warfare has stepped up this time of year is because of two more reasons. Okay. One, the enemy doesn't like the focus on oh, Jesus, yeah. right? Yep. So he's going to try to do everything he can to distract us right. from that focus on him, right. focus on everything else but Jesus yes. at Christmas, right? right? Um, and then the other thing I don't think he likes this time of year is the focus on family and right. relationship, because generally speaking, most families, either nuclear or extended, are getting together this time of year once, twice, multiple times around the Christmas tree, in the living room, in front of the fire. And those times are intended to be intimate 
relationship building, memory making times. Right. But the enemy wants to come in and bring strife and division and cause us to actually be fighting each other and mad at each other and focused on what I got or didn't get. If we're, you know, maybe mm-hmm. in the kid mindset, for example, um, he wants mom and dad over here fighting. He wants the kids over here mad about the present they didn't get so that the focus is taken off of the family, too. Right. right? And growing in unity and relationship there, too. And so there's just all these great things that Christmas represents and brings about that the enemy hates. And so I just, again, think he's on the offensive and we really have to be ready and aware of that and be ready to fight back. I think you made an excellent point in the sense that we can feel if our needs are not being met, which Jesus said he'd supply all your needs, or somebody in the family or in your circle of influence or concern at work or the country or whatever, is not functioning the way you think they should, and that's irritating. If you focus there, sometimes you can win the battle or think you're winning the battle and lose the war Hmm. because where there's unity, God commands the blessing. And I think you you have said an excellent point that, you know, there's some people that can't be unified. They can't reconcile. People have died or they've made point-of-no-return decisions through separation. Um, There is some reality that we can't overcome people's wills. And sometimes when you've gone through relationship breakdowns and hurts and that type of thing, then is when you really have to know that the most important and the real relationship that will last forever is with Jesus Christ in the Godhead. Right. And but if you if you keep lamenting, I mean, there is a time of uh, lamenting and sorrow and grief and going through the stages of that and getting help to heal. I mean, our ministry is all about healing the heart, healing the soul um, and from wounding and rejection. And some of us that some of you that we're talking to that's in this uh, podcast with us today may be right there. And that's tough. And our hearts go out to you. And we want to pray for you and want you to exhort you to get help with people that understand healing the heart and a wounded soul, because that's a tough way to go through Christmas. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Christmas is a remembrance of who wasn't there, or who is there or who we lost. If somebody was lost at this time of the year, on top of everything that you're saying. But I think it's always an opportunity to see which I think we all need. It's not that we don't need each other and we don't need family. We don't need love because Jesus said, it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a helpmate. He knew this. Be fruitful and multiply. Our families make life. But in the ultimate reality and bottom line, is anything, so to speak, an idol to where you can't be content in the Lord, be at peace, be fulfilled, know that he's your husband, father, mother, sister, brother, or whoever is not around on one hand, and then continue to rejoice because as we were saying um, before we started, that we actually have the privilege of being in relationship with the God of this universe. And we can praise him for that, if nothing else. But I agree. I think that the enemy hates the fact that we're celebrating Jesus's birth. That's his big thing to destroy your faith in him to say, so what? I have Jesus as my personal Savior and Lord. I feel like heck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm depressed. Mm -hmm. I'm stressed out. I don't have enough money. I can't buy presents, whatever. 
uh, which is a lot of, you know, some of the God of materialism and stuff that we also have to kind of throw off. But um, that's what he wants you to feel like. It doesn't really matter that Mm -hmm. he was born or he died and rose again. And it matters. It is the beginning and end of everything we do say and are. Right. 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 So if I could, um, I'd like to give three things to focus on this time of year if if you're relating to what we're saying here and you recognize that this is a time of year where the enemy attacks you, you know, and I think number one, and you kind of already said it, is to really press into the Lord, uh-huh. you know, make time for him. You know, lots of times this time of year we have days off or even uh, extended time off from our work. And so we have more ability maybe than either even other times to just get away with the Lord and spend time in his word, maybe get away even for an hour or longer on the porch or in our favorite comfortable chair while we have time off and just press into the Lord, especially if we have bad feelings on the inside yeah, that seem to be eating our lunch in one way or another, mm-hmm. and we just can't seem to overcome them or rationalize them or get the the situation or circumstance out of our head and it's really bringing us down. I can't tell you just how 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 wonderful it is to be able to take feelings to the Lord and say, God, this is how I'm feeling. Help me. Or yeah. just go to him and, and spend time with him, and he'll help you process. Yeah. You know, it's okay just to go to the Lord and process and, and really lay everything out before him and express your heart to him. Yeah. And then just listen to what he would say back to you and read the word and see what he says to you through the word. Yes. It's so healing. And, and really I just have many times where that's brought me back to being on center when I felt like I was off. Another thing good to do there is Psalms Mm -hmm. because David was honest and authentic with the Lord with his feelings and then ended up on a note of praise And so entering his courts with a sacrifice of praise for who he is rather than the answers to your problems and then pouring out your heart is really a way to connect. And I just want to say one other thing that your dad and I were talking about um, recently is that marriage is compared to um, our relationship with Christ. And, you know, you had a first love and you got really excited when you first romanced your wife and you couldn't, or husband, and couldn't wait to be with him and you talked all the time and all that. And that's the same with our relationship with the Lord. And that's why Revelation talks about don't be cold. I'd rather you be hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm. And I have this against you. And so I just want to say, based on that first point, that oftentimes we get our Christianity mixed up by doing for the Lord. Right. We get our love relationships mixed up by doing for each other Mm -hmm. and we don't be right we don't just snuggle and hug and express our deepest feelings and listen with focused attention to our loved ones or the lord and he created us for that type of intimate relationship and so many people are confused as to why they're so stressed and depressed because well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm, you know, but is it the still small voice? Is it the word coming up in you because you've maybe been diligent to memorize a scripture or meditate on it? Is it that you're quiet, like you said, and and it conveys? That's why Jesus analogized the marriage of man and woman to his relationship with the church, right? Because we can do the same thing 
and be going and blowing, and there's so many Christmas programs and events and concerts and plays and that kind of thing. And it's all great as long as we don't miss our connection to where the enemy can then get in quickly. Uh, one of my clients uh, said to me, he said, I was, I, I was really impressed when Jesus said to Judas, go do what you have to do quickly. Let and 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 Satan entered his soul, hmm. and man, that just kind of struck my heart. First of all, Satan's heart—I mean, excuse me—Judas's heart needed to repent of all the things: anger, hatred, jealousy, greed. But then, Jesus even wanted it to be over quickly. Yeah, when he's going through stuff. But then he said to Satan, "Enter Judas," and I, and she said, "I just got first of all two things. It's okay." She's she's believing for something. She'd mm-hmm. like to be done quickly. Mm-hmm. And that was quickened in her. Mm-hmm. But then also that we could make such an allowance in our lives for Satan to enter. Mm. Amazing. I mean, that's that's pretty um, f- scary in this sense, a reverential fear of the Lord that right. out of the heart comes all the issues of life, mm. right? Yeah. Okay. Um, the second thing would be to press into each other. Yeah. Press into your family your husband, your wife, your children, just be with family, make time to be with family, like you were saying, yeah. be and not necessarily do. Right. I mean, you can do things together. That's that's kind of, those go together sometimes, like yeah. playing games together. Yeah. You know, we did that last night, celebrating uh, dad's birthday. We just kind of did some games that were, played some games that were kind of more on the kids level. Yeah. And we were just together, right? And um, this time of year, there's such an opportunity for that. But I, again, I think there's such an opportunity to be distracted from that because we can all get into watching our Hallmark movie or for kids get into playing their video games or talking on the phone or checking email or looking at social media instead of being together. And so I think it takes some intentional scheduling sometimes, especially with family going in a bunch of different directions to say, you know, tonight we're just going to hang out and be together in front of the fire. Let's talk about what God did this year in our lives. Let's read the Christmas story, whatever that might look like, or however you feel led to make time to just be with family. I think on that point too, I'd like to say that asking the Lord what focused attention means for your family members, because I mean, as we relate to, you know, each of our grandchildren now and you guys as our children, um, I think it takes a little um, demonstrative effort to figure out how people need to be loved. And sometimes, sometimes I think, not sometimes, a lot of times what happens is because of the technology of the 21st century. We're with people, but we're not with them. Right. And we've talked about this before. I mean, like your oldest Ainsley, she just loves to do something as long as you're doing it with her. Mm Mm-hmm. She doesn't want me to be on the phone. Mm-hmm. She wants me laying right there talking about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or whatever, which I did last night. I tried to do lots of different things mm-hmm. to try to be with the kids while you were and Julie were watching some things in reminiscence with Dad that I had seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, but And then, you know, you can't please all the people all the time, but an intentional effort to love people the way they need to be loved rather than the way you need to be loved. And I think, you know, as we've said many times, we often miss this with kids because 
we're doing for them rather than with them. Right. And I think you guys do a really great job of, you know, all that you do. Um, but anybody can get to where they're doing it, like with Jesus or in the marriage, as we've already said, but not really. Right. You know, and kids are very sensitive to that. Yeah. They know, or wives or husbands. I mean, you know, the guy that wrote Purpose Driven Life said, the number one thing that we need to change in this world is to give people focused attention. Mm-hmm. That means you look at them when you're talking, right. you respond when they say something, mm-hmm. even if it's not on your level. Um, you don't be doing multitasking, which we're so good at at the 20, in the 21st century, right? right. And s- so easy to do, right. you know? Um, and then, you know, in my book, I have a priority list. I, I keep finding myself bringing this up to more and more clients. It's you and Jesus, you and your mate if you're married, then your children, then your family, like your church family or your uh, biological family, then the world and friends and out from there. Mm -hmm. If you're really going to contribute to the healthiness of what should be making a difference for the kingdom of God, right? right? And we get so weak from the inside out, either in our own relationship and strength or the key people that strengthen us and we are supposed to influence. And then we're out there in our circle of concern and we are not effective right? or not as effective as it could be. And then sometimes the whole house falls right? because of a lot of years of, of that type of focus. Back to kids, those of us that have kids, I think one of the keys is to ask them what they want to do. Correct. Right. Because yeah. we as adults can think of things that we think they would want to do or maybe that we would like to do with them. But if you ask them, really, what do you want to do? Yeah. And then do that thing with them, yeah. you know, as long as it's feasible, you know, you can't always go to Disney World, which may no. be the first thing out of their mouth, but they may just want to play some silly game that they've made up or build a fort in, you right. know, in the den or something like right. that. Right. And just sort of making the sacrifice to say to yourself, you know, that's not my favorite thing to do, but since they're on the lower level here and, and maybe more needy from that standpoint right. of my time, yeah. then I'm going to sort of lay my life down here and just do what they want to do in order to meet their need. And playing is their work. Yeah, right. We have to, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have a couple of kids in school and they work in school, but playing is their work. And I think we kind of forget that because it is a sacrifice sometimes to get down on their level about reading their stories or listen to the Christmas stories that they're watching that you've seen a hundred times now that you, you know, um, but that is, you know, I mean, if you ask Ainsley, what do you want me to do? Play, play, play that. What she's really saying is I want you to be on my level. Mm -hmm. And like you just said, do what I want to do. Fully engaged, fully engaged, you know, so, so we're enjoying this together. And I go back to what I'm saying. It's such a great analogy. Are we fully engaged with the Lord mm-hmm. ever in a day right. or a week? You know, or is it always seeking his hand, mm-hmm. what he can do for you instead of his face? And I think we delight him at this time of the year or can or any time of the year, but particularly when we're celebrating his birth, when we want to just know him right. and rest and be with him and say, tell me what you want me to know. Right. 
about my day, about my life, about my heart, about my children, about my wife, about my husband. Right. Really, if we can make that how we pray, too, on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, because so often, you know, you're, you, you almost have an agenda. You know, you want to yeah. get through with the Lord. And I think I forget sometimes yes. to stop and say, Lord, what do you want me to pray for? Or what do you want to say to me right now? Right. And just be still. Right. Right. And listen. And and sometimes people, I've had people say to me, well, I do that and, and I don't hear anything. Okay. Maybe there's a change on the inside of you. Maybe it's a practicing that in the word and just in doing that so that you do get a tune to the Holy Spirit, because it's sometimes just a knowing. And what I like is when I'm not even doing that, and because I was diligent, he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And a verse will come up, like I was telling a client about one time when I sold five of your dad's houses three times, a couple of them, and um, I had memorized Psalm 112 a couple years before that. And the verse that came up in my spirit said, Do not fear bad news, nor live in dread of what may happen, for I'm settled in my mind that Jehovah God will take care of me. And so every time, since I wasn't a salesman, didn't have a real estate license, it was just a fluke type thing I was doing, I, I stood on that verse. Mm-hmm. I didn't memorize that chapter for that verse. But when I needed it, it got me to victory to sell every one of those houses. Wow. I mean, that's why he wants you to know the word, right? to edify you, to teach you, to encourage you in some of your deepest, darkest moments. Yeah. And you give him a platform from which to do that. Yeah, a tool. I mean, it yeah. makes it accessible to him to right. be able to use it in your life Yes, when it's down in your heart. That's right. The third thing uh, that I wanted to talk about in relationship to Christmas warfare in this time of year and really overcoming the enemy this time of year, and again, you kind of already alluded to it, is to just be in the moment. Yeah. Right? Right. Not be pining for anything else, any other time of year, any other station in life. Just be where you are today and enjoy the things and the blessings that God's given you now. That's your wife or husband at this stage of life, you know, just enjoying them and what their best qualities are and what you love about them. I think that's enjoying your kids at the age that they are, even with all the things that you might not enjoy about them. If you're changing diapers or if you're having to deal with teenage issues, not wishing away the stage that they're in, but enjoying them right now, here and now, right? And and then taking advantage of what's available to us this time of year, which is the celebrations that are all around us, you know, you know, enjoy the season, you Mm -hmm. know, go to a Christmas play, you know, go to a presentation at church or go to a live nativity or something and just really take in the here and now Christmas season with your loved ones. I call this the if only syndrome. If only my children were in high school. Right. If only I didn't have a baby. If only I had uh, the ability that my neighbors had to travel all the time. Right. If um, only they could go to the bathroom by themselves. Yeah, yeah. And, and and this is the Second Corinthians ten twelve uh, verse again about comparing yourself with others because you, I mean, that is such a profound statement that Jesus taught a whole sermon on the Mount about it. Today, live for today. 
Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow may never come, but we have this moment today. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to be caught up with regret and remorse about the past that all you can do is repent of it and use it as a stepping stone. You can't change it or the future, which the rapture may take place today. Right. And um, just that thought that, you know, appreciating where we are, even in our Christian walk, even in our maturity, even in our trials and tribulations, even in the things that are irritating or seemingly so, because I can say being down the road, another generation from you, how quickly it passes. Right. And you're beginning to realize that even more, the older that you get, and maybe I hope maybe even from our exhortations, because I, someone said this to me, don't wish away the moments that you have when you were little. Right. So I invested everything that we had, as far as I know, as much as possible in you. Right. And I'm so glad that I did mm-hmm. because then you don't ever have, I don't ever have to say, I wish that I would have spent more time with Lance. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have homeschooled him when I had a chance. Mm-hmm. I wish that I would have whatever. And, you know, I'm not definitely saying I couldn't have done better, but I think we have a very profound relationship yeah. and you have a profound relationship yes. with the Lord and now are carrying on that legacy because someone said that to me. Right. Don't waste these times. Enjoy them. Even enjoy the good, the bad, and the ugly, so to speak. Because none of it's good, bad, and ugly uh, if you're healthy and you love each other and you know Jesus in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus has promised in John sixteen thirty three to devoid all trial of its ability to harm you. Mm-hmm. So that's if you're mentality is that persecution, trial, and discipline is only to make me more fruitful, to make me a greater overcomer, and to let the Holy Spirit do a deep work in my inner being to sanctify me so I can walk in righteousness, peace, and joy. Mm -hmm. You know, if that's your focus, then God, Jesus never fails. Never. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has promised to complete the work that he has begun in you. Right. And I just exhort our listening audience, if you have not started with the beginning step, which is accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, I can't think of a better time of the year. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what sins you've committed. I don't care what mistakes you've made. I don't care how many marriages you've had, how many children you've birthed. You might even be in jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't care. And either there's Jesus. Right. He wants to start where you are and turn everything that Satan meant for evil to good, according to um, fifty chapter 50 in Genesis. That's what he did for Joseph. Hmm. Everything Satan meant for evil, God turned for good. That's the whole reason that we celebrate Christmas this time of year, because it's a celebration that Christ came to dwell with us, to have relationship with us, to to rip the veil down the middle that separated us from God's presence so that we can go in and come boldly before the throne. The Holy of Holies. And then he left the Holy Spirit to be in every single one of us so that it was like when he was here on earth, only everybody can have that personal one-on-one relationship all the time uh, instead of just having to be physically present with Jesus, we can be present with the Holy Spirit continually. Who comforts, guides, leads, directs, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And the biggest, one of the biggest strategies of the enemy that the Holy Spirit just said to me is he'll say, you've been too bad. You've done too much. It's too late. It's too late. 
Those are lies. It's never too late. You've never done too much. The blood never loses its power. All you have to be is contrite. If you want an example, look at David that committed adultery and murder. And he was contrite and listened to the prophet Nathan and prayed, Lord, I repent. Don't lift your Holy Spirit from me. He's called a man after God's own heart. So throw out that lie. You can start right now. You can be contrite. You can be broken. You can repent. You can ask Jesus to forgive you. And he will right now. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the gift of Jesus Christ that you you, brought to us. Thank you, Jesus, that you came into this world as a baby to grow up and be a man that lived a perfect life and then died a death that we should have died or that we should have to die. You took our sin upon you so that we could come boldly before God's throne and have relationship with him. Yes. And so, Lord, uh, we just come before you now, and if there's sin that we know that we've committed that we haven't repented for, we just come before you and say that we're sorry. Yes, Lord. And we ask for your forgiveness. Yes. And we today declare to you, Jesus you are my Savior and my Lord. Hallelujah. And we can say that right now if we've never said that, and we will be saved. If we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Amen. And so, Lord, we believe, Jesus, yes. that you rose from the dead yes, and that you are our Lord and Savior, and we thank you for that. And Lord, I pray that you would go to each and every person right now, whatever it is they struggle with or have struggled with, Already this Christmas season or in the past Christmases, Lord, I pray that you would just minister to them, Lord, that you'd help them to get time away to be with you, to process and to heal and to be set free and to have the best Christmas, therefore, that they've ever had before because they've rolled their burden onto you and now they're just going to you for their satisfaction. And Lord, I just pray for peace in every home represented by those that are listening to those to us today, that is represented by those that are listening to us today. Lord, I just ask that you would settle your peace on those homes. Lord, we just rebuke strife and division in Jesus' name and declare unity over our listeners' marriages and families uh, this, this Christmas. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would help me and help Lance and our family, our church members, our city, our country to focus on you, to focus on you, Lord, undivided focus at times of every day. And I pray that out of that enlightenment, that power, that strength, that wisdom, that we will be then able to navigate a dark and dying world, because that's what you did. You went out and ministered, then you went to the mountain and prayed, and you listened, and you heard, and you got yourself strong in the power of the Lord and the anointing of him and the gifts so that you could go out and give again. So Lord, just help us. Help us to know that we are totally dependent on you and to focus on that and to improve that today better than yesterday, not as good as tomorrow, to not be condemned by the enemy, to not be rejected, to not have false expectations, but just to take one step at a time towards you and each other in any way that we can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Well, Merry Christmas to you again. Uh, Again, this was part one of Christmas Warfare, and we'll be back next time with part two of Christmas Warfare as we talk about navigating the Christmas season and doing it focused on Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us today on the Totally Transformed Podcast. 